Dear listeners, are you tired of the endless cycle of fad diets and extreme measures? It's time to wake up to a better weight loss solution with Robody. As someone who's been through the ups and downs of weight loss, I know firsthand the challenge of trying to find what will stick. That's why if I qualified for Robody today, I jump at the chance for a scientifically backed program that supports long-term success. With Robody, you'll gain access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market, paired with personalized lifestyle changes. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Roe to help them lose weight. Say goodbye to the roller coaster of weight loss dreams and hello to sustainable, real results with Robody. Go to roco snoozecast. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash snoozecast. Snoozecast, the podcast designed to help you fall asleep. On the Snoozecast, we read excerpts from public domain works and occasionally original stories. We'd like to thank our listeners. If you enjoy our show, please be sure to subscribe and also share it with a friend. The Snoozecast is meant to be played as you get into bed. As a result, the best place to listen to us is on our website, snoozecast.com. From there, you'll be able to download or play single episodes without having to change any autoplay settings on your device or in your podcast directory. This episode is brought to you by A Campfire at Dusk. Tonight, I'll be reading an excerpt from My Robin by Francis Hodgson Burnett, originally published in 1912. Burnett was an American English novelist and playwright. She is perhaps best known for her children's stories in particular, The Secret Garden. My Robin is a charming anecdote that further expands upon the Robin featured in The Secret Garden. Let's get cozy. Close your eyes. Relax your body into the softness of your bed. Now, Take a few deep breaths. There came to me among the letters I received last spring, one which touched me very closely. It was a letter full of delightful things, but the delightful thing which so reached my soul was a question. The writer had been reading The Secret Garden, and her question was this. Did you own the original of the robin? He could not have been a mere creature of fantasy. I feel sure you owned him. I was thrilled to the center of my being. Here was someone who plainly had been intimate with robins, 
English robins. I wrote and explained as far as one could in a letter what I am now going to relate in detail. I did not own the robin. He owned me. Or perhaps we owned each other. He was an English robin, and he was a person, not a mere bird. An English robin differs greatly from the American one. He is much smaller and quite differently shaped. His body is daintily round and plump. His legs are delicately slender. He is a graceful little patrician with an astonishing allurement of bearing. His eye is large and dark and dewy. He wears a tight little red satin waistcoat on his full round breast, and every tilt of his head, every flirt of his wing, is instinct with dramatic significance. He is fascinatingly conceited. He burns with curiosity. He is determined to engage in social relations at almost any cost, and his raging jealousy of attention paid to less worthy objects than himself drives him at times to efforts to charm and distract which are irresistible. An intimacy with a robin, an English robin, is a liberal education. This particular one I knew in my rose garden in Kent. I feel sure he was born there and for a summer at least believed it to be the world. It was a lovesome, mystic place, shut in partly by old red brick walls against which fruit trees were trained and partly by a laurel hedge with a wood behind it. It was my habit to sit and write there under an aged, writhen tree, gray with lichen and festooned with roses. The soft silence of it, the remote aloofness, were the most perfect ever dreamed of. But let me not be led astray by the garden, I must be firm and confine myself to the robin. The garden shall be another story. There were so many people in this garden, people with feathers or fur, who, because I sat so quietly, did not mind me in the least. That it was not a surprising thing when I looked up one summer morning to see a small bird hopping about the grass a yard or so away from me. The surprise was not that he was there, but he stayed there. Or rather, he continued to hop, with short, reflective-looking hope. While hopping, he looked at me, not in a furtive, flighty way, but rather as a person might tentatively regard a very new acquaintance. The absolute truth of the matter, I had reason to believe later, was that he did not know I was a person. I may have been the first of my species he had seen in this rose garden world of his, and he thought I was only another kind of robin. I was, too though that was a secret of mine, and nobody but myself knew it. Because of this fact, I had the power of holding myself still, quite still, and filling myself with softly alluring tenderness of the tenderness when any little wild thing came near me. What do you do to make him come to you like that? Someone asked me a month or so later. What do you do? I don't know what I do exactly, I said except that I hold myself very still and I feel like a robin. You can only do that with a tiny wild thing by being so tender.